Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Welcome to episode 24. 24. 24. 24. How's Rhett? Sound effects there, D-Law. Lots of practice. Yeah. Perfect. 24 times. I don't know if it was that many times. <laughs> but it's... It's beer time. <laughs> it is beer time. A long week. It's been... It seems like forever since we last did, did a show. It's like over like a week and a half. Uh, we're on our regular, regular recording night. And we got lots to talk about this week. I'm surprised that we would have a lot of news... Schedules out, trades, uh, trades uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, not much exciting happened in my game last night. Uh, see, the week before, I don't remember what happened the week before because remember we recorded before I played. I don't, oh, my, I think I, oh, I had an assist last week. Yes, yes, last week that was probably the highlight of it. It was a nice pass. Uh, yeah, actually, one of the guys was, I was. I was actually too too close in too. I wasn't in front of the net, which I should have been, because there was a D right in front, and I was kind of like towards the back of the side of the net. And so he passed it over to me, but there was no way I was going to get it because the the you know, the goalie could easily poke check it, or and then the defense was there too. Well, the pass was the defense, but luckily I was there. And I was able to get the puck somehow. From the defense, and I passed it over to another guy, and he put it in the wide open net. So I was pretty happy with that assist. Unselfish. Well, I always try that. Um, God, uh, you're, God, a goal, you're a goal scorer. God, God knows I can't can't score. So last night, I just I don't know. I I, I thought I didn't play very well, but. The captain said I played. He thought I said played really well in the first and third periods. He said the whole team played like crap in the second. Uh, we ended up losing six to two. But I don't know. I I just felt like I was terrible in the faceoff circle. I did. I was. I did tie up a couple guys, but there's one I just didn't stay with the guy, and he ended up in scoring. But but yeah, it's. And we had an early game, too, last night. It was like a 7 o'clock start, so that's early for Beer League. That is early. Why'd they do that? Because there's no youth games or practice. Oh, I see. <laughs> so let's get right into it. I guess we can start off with the wings. Um, I don't know if you want to uh, – actually, before we start getting into the draft picks um, – I know this is a wings topic, and I I know I, but I just want to as put have your input. Um, I heard that um, the wings are trying to go after Malkin as far as signing him, and you know I'm okay that, with that because... he's he'll be thirty six by the end of July, and the wings need a center and a veteran. Although they have Larkin for that. Uh, 
but the but the Wings have a lot of cap space for a short term, and, and it would probably yeah they can they can bring him in it, and afford him. It would probably only be a one or two year deal, I would think. Um, See, so I'll just let you how, just. But look at look at how Eiserman's operated already. I mean, that's that's how he does things. He just signs people to you know short term deals. Adina one one year deal. Um, I think Ned is on the last year of his deal. So Eiserman, I feel like is one of those try before you buy type of GMs where kind of like a Bill Belichick. And I know I, I say this every show, but I keep referencing football, but Belichick can get somebody who is willing to play for less money um, just to continue to play in the NFL. That's how I feel Eiserman is with, with the wings. Um, so I, I could totally see him bringing Malkin over. It makes sense for Detroit. Uh, they, they need the depth. First of all, he's a veteran presence. He's, one, he's, he's a Stanley Cup champion. They need to build that culture with these young guys. And putting Malkin in a winged wheel, you know, I, I, we can afford it. And I think it's going to bring a lot of long-term value to the team, um, you know, even post-Detroit. Because my thoughts are he'll come in, he'll play a season or two at Detroit, try to go back to Pittsburgh, and then retire Penguin, try to work in their front office. <clears throat> Maybe not. But yeah, don't but, know. but I think he's a good option for Detroit. Yeah, but he likes to cross check people in the head. I don't yeah, know. I if, do without. I don't know if Eisner would like that part of it. Um, and it's funny you mentioned a goalie. I, I don't want to steal your thunder as far as the oh, Red Wings. This is your oh, Red Wings. Um, no, go, go ahead and I'll just throw my input. I know right where you're going to this. Uh, they signed Billy uh, Huso from the Blues. Uh, I don't. I. I don't know. I don't have the uh, the uh, details of the contract. Maybe you do. So you know, I'll let you discuss that as the signing. Yeah, I think it was a really good signing by Detroit. I think, um, you know, I think Huso. You know, he's only twenty seven years old. So that I mean, they've got two very young goaltenders right now, and both of them are playing very good hockey but the thing that people haven't realized is neither one of these goalies has hit their prime and they've both very well been noticed in the nhl at this level so let these guys grow together i think this is a type of a backup that um ned's been been longing for because he's had to stay in games longer because you put grice in you know, you could you could score from anywhere on the ice, and and that's no, you know, that's that's no shot at Grice. It's just he he did not have a good season last year, um, so that just put a lot more pressure on Ned to play more games than he probably should be as a technical rookie. Um, you know, it forced him to stay in longer in games when, you know, he probably shouldn't have been playing because he wasn't having a good game. But again, you know, they, Detroit was I, I think they had six double pulls in the season. So you pull Ned, you put Grice in, you pull Grice, you put Ned back in. I think that happened six times this season, and I believe it was an NHL record possibly. Um, well, that sounds like that other coach there that you said. You know, I don't remember now what coach used to do that, but he used to do he used to do that all, like in the same game. He'll pull, he'll pull, he'll start the one guy, then like halfway through the first, he'll put the other goalie in, and the second period will go back to the other guy, and then the third period will go back to it. It's like switcheroo or something. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, this is all unplanned that the wings pulled. It was just they were getting decimated, and it was time for a change. And uh, but they, but yeah, they this is a good signing. What do you what do you think? What do you, what are but, your thoughts on it? Well, they actually gave up uh, a, a pick, a number seventy three that was in the third round, second round, the number seventy three pick. I still think it's totally worth it. Um. But it sounds like, uh, did they actually get rid of or cut or release uh, Grice? I, I Is haven't he, seen that come across. Because it says uh, it's going to be, I see the confirmation that it's going to be Huso and Nadelkovic uh, next year. Yeah, let me. Uh... But, um, but they signed Huso to a three-year contract, so I guess. Uh, yeah, Grice, I mean, Detroit I, really I, has. I, they have Thomas Grice, they've got um, Billy Huso, they've got Magnus Helberg, Alex and Calvin Pickard, all technically on their roster. Well, you know, maybe Grice will get a couple the minors. Well, a couple will be in the minors, but um, is he still on the contract for how how many years, or is he a free agent? I haven't heard. That I don't know. I don't know his contract. But I'm just wondering, maybe they'll end up buying him out. Because I don't see him playing the AHL. I think they only gave him a year, to be honest. Okay, so he might, he'll probably be a free agent, so they're just going to let him go. Um, but um, I guess you, three years is still considered a short-term contract. I know you're saying Eiserman likes to only get offer one or two year deals, but I guess for a goalie, you, you know, three years is a good short, you know, that you, you want, you want stability in goaltending. You don't want to be changing goaltenders every year. Like some other teams, uh, right. Buffalo is one of them. Um, yeah, he's just, a, just to interrupt you real quick. He's an, um, unrestricted free agent this year. So, okay. So two year deal, um, and he played out both of those years here in Detroit. So yeah, he'll be, he'll end up on the free free agent market. And so yeah, they uh, so it looks like they're just gonna just let him go. I don't know who's gonna sign him. Who who will sign him? But uh, speaking of the draft, uh, the Wings had a pretty decent draft. Uh, I'll let you uh, go into the how uh, their draft have- picks. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really studied all of the, the draft picks. Um, you know, first thing I want to say that's related to the draft <clears throat> is if I had to guess, I think you're going to see a lot of Holland-era players start to fizzle off the Red Wings roster because Steve Eiserman was asked at the um, at the at the trade or at the uh, draft show, you know, where are you in the rebuild? And his response was something like, well, I've only been here three years, so the rebuild's been going on three years. So I'm reading into it as, you know what? He doesn't have faith in the Holland era players, and he doesn't feel that any of those players, not any or all, but just several of those players are not worthy of being on this team. So that comment kind of alluded to me that they're really trying to in with the new and out with the old, even if they're not old. Um, which, you know, I, I trust in Eiserman. I, I hope he's got a plan that's, you know, going to work quicker sooner than later. 
but that was that was just a, a comment I picked up during the the draft show that I just thought was pretty interesting. Um, but let's you know let's get into it. Um, you know the the Red Wings pick up the six foot one hundred eighty three pounder in center Marco Casper. Um, he's from Austria. Uh, he's he's on the bigger side, um, not quite obviously like an Anthony Mantha. But if you watch him, he's got those he's got hands that I mean, the kid just has a, a shot and it's it's a quick shot. It's unexpected. Like he can just snap the puck. So I think if you get him in some of those gritty areas down in the slot, I think he's going to make a huge difference for the wings team. I think that um, I, I'm thinking we'll probably see him play maybe another year in uh, Sweden. Maybe he'll play in uh, Grand Rapids, but Eisenman again eluded that maybe he'll even crack the roster this year. Um, so it's it's kind of it's kind of fun to see where where that might go. Um, but I'm I'm a fan. You know, he played for Rogel BK in the Swedish Swedish Hockey League. Um, and a lot of people look at oh, he only had 11 points in 46 regular season games. Well, the team he was on was not very good. And if you actually watch his skill sets on the ice if you watch him he's got a huge upside to him i think you get him in the right uh system you get him in the right um you know format the right culture i I really think this kid can really can really grow but we'll see we'll see you know eiserman pulled off a dandy last year everyone doubted him you know mo sider who is he who who why is he out there who is this guy where is he from terrible pick what a waste to oh my god this guy is the next coming of nick lidstrom he is a calder winner and you know it's just eiserman finds a way to find the guys who people overlook you know like to your point dan i want you to chime in here but what did you tell me yesterday that eiserman was doing what with russia well i heard somewhere it was uh it was actually uh, a report uh it was actually a story written i don't remember who wrote it that said that Eisman wasn't going to draft any Russians because of the uncertainty with the Russians uh, war and the, the, the players. Um, so, and, and I, you know, I, I took stock in it, you know, as a, as a reporter, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't remember who wrote it. So I don't, it wasn't a, a it probably wasn't a reputable, reputable reporter, but you know, I, I guess I need to like be more aware of who's writing it. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, I was thinking that he had a point there, but I, unless Eisenman just kind of like, I don't know where this reporter got that information from. Wool over um, the sheep's eyes. Wool over the sheep's eyes. Eisenman has always done stuff like that. Um, because he doesn't show his cards. He doesn't want people to know that he might have found, found a diamond in the rough. So you're not going to see Eisenman out there saying, well, you know, this this guy is linked to the Red Wings and that guy's linked to the Red Wings. Until that ink hits the paper, nobody's linked to anybody. So it was most likely just a tactic to, you know, have people, you know, like I'll just put it out there. Dimitri... Pooch Nilkov was their third pick in the draft. Round two, 52nd overall. 
Russia, five foot ten, 163 pounds. Now, he plays for Fedorov's team, and Eiserman and Fedorov are still very close. So, uh, Buchilnikov is on Fedorov's team in the Russian League. So, he plays for SKA St. Petersburg. Now, the thing is that you have to realize is Eiserman and Fedorov are still close, even though Detroit feels you know, jaded by Fedorov, um, and Fedorov feels jaded by the wings. I just think that Eiserman and Fedorov have that connection. So drafting him third overall, he's not a big kid, but just watch his films. Another one, I, I think that Eiserman played that card to get this kid specifically, to get him to drop to the second round to get him. Because they wanted to get Dylan James. So <clears throat> that allowed them to, you know, teams are another not, Dylan. Yeah, right. But that, that <laughs> made teams, you know, think, you know, if Eisman says he's not going to draft Russians, he's not going to draft Russians. And so this kid drops and the Red Wings get him. It worked. I mean, Eisman is ecstatic uh, that this kid fell. I wonder if he also said that to kind of like, get into the heads or ears of the other GMs thinking, you know, if he's not going to do it because, you know, he used that excuse, which is a, it's a valid excuse because you don't know, you know, other th- what's going on, especially with a couple of the players you know, I'll get into later as far as um, that in Russia. But um, they, you know, if he says, he doesn't want he doesn't want to take a chance on your Russians because of that situation. Other G, maybe the other GMs will start thinking, oh, maybe maybe he's got a point, and maybe that is a risky as right now you know in the in the, in the near future as far as this year is concerned. So maybe he also maybe he kind of did that to to get him to drop to another you know the lower rounds where so he can wouldn't have to waste a pick to, to draft up to get him or. Oh, that way he can get both of his players he wanted. Yeah, yep. No, I I agree. Um, the wings also another another D man they picked up, um, Anton Johansson, uh, six foot four hundred seventy two pounds. He is also in the Swedish league, Swedish junior league, playing for Lexan Junior. Um, but one thing that Eiserman's doing is, you know, he's really bolstering up the defense so he's picking big defenders um and 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 it's almost like he's emulating um what he did in you know in tampa bay so how many picks did did they have it seemed like they had a lot of picks you keep yeah yeah i'll go through some of them but but just what I'm saying is Eisman's boosting up the defense. Like he's really putting a focus on it. He wants big body, big size guys back there playing defense that can, you know, like I've said it before last year, many times Detroit's too weak in the slot. There are too many scoring opportunities from the slot. They're not protecting the slot. Um, it was a parking lot a party. Parking lot party. Right. Exactly. Time and time again. Well, he's, I, I feel that Eiserman is trying to boost the defense to eliminate those types of scoring opportunities, give our goalies a little bit more freedom, give them a little bit more, you know, at ease when the play's in their zone. 
because again, you look at Tampa Bay, six foot two, six three, six one is the smallest person on that on that team. Six three, six four, six six, six five, six two, six three. There are some big boys on the Tampa Bay defense, and a lot of that has to do with Steve Eiserman. And look at they've won two Stanley Cups. They've been in, in a third. They know how to win. So I trust still in the Eiserman plan that building the defense the way that he is is really, you know, going to help um, take the Red Wings to that next level, like push them maybe even into a, um, you know, maybe even push them into the playoffs, a wild card spot. Well, th- that was – that is a weak spot as far as the wins the defense. Cause, and yeah. Like they only really had one one or two – well, now a cider, um, um, you know, so that that's definitely – there that they needed to concentrate on because I mean they they got enough forwards that um you know are you know they're ready it just it's it's a defense area and that's why they miss the playoffs because the defense um but uh, they they um well they did they did have some they did have some time where they were um, just not putting shots on the net. So they have their offensive woes as well, and I think Eiserman's working on that. And I mean, yeah, but yeah. I, th- I think he's going to, you know, in the short term, I mean, uh, I think he's going to fix a, the forward issue with some free agents. Maybe not like, well, you know, if they can get Melkin, but um, not, See, maybe you know, about it, if you may, land- more like second or third line uh, forwards, you know, ones that can play, you know, you know, you know, even maybe fourth line roles that, you know, fourth line. Now it used to be the checkers. They'd go out there and start fights and stuff. Now fourth line, they're uh, just like a scoring line, like the second or third line. So you get four good scoring lines out there. And I think that's what he's going to try to go after like he did in Tampa Bay as far as getting those third and fourth line forwards. Yeah, but, I mean, he was also – he. I mean, Eisman also played with one of the best fourth lines probably – I would have to argue – I mean, I would have to arguably say uh, the grind line. They could check, they could fight, and they could score. So you had Chris Draper, Kurt Malpe, and Darren McCarty all out there on the same line your grind line, and those guys could literally do it all. They're not putting up 30, 40 goals a season, but they score when they need to score. They fight when they need to fight, and they tire down that other team. So, yeah, I mean, it's important for, you know, it's it's just it's important to have production of some sort from all of your lines and, and the Red Wings just lacked that this year they were too inconsistent but we're, we're working on that we're working on that but yeah the Red Wings had nine overall picks so far um, you know the Marco Casper round one pick number eight um, you know the eighth pick in the second round was Dylan James left winger out of uh, he's a Canadian six foot 177 pounds um, Dmitry uh, Bujelnikov, we already spoken about. Anton Johansson talked about him. Uh, Amadeus Lombardi, center from Canada, five foot ten, one hundred sixty-five pounds. Um, Maximilian Kilpinen, uh, they were excited to get him as well. So I'm I'm curious to see what he's all about. 
he's he's a Swede. Uh, the Wings have been very fond of their Swedes. Uh, I think Eisman really found a little honey hole over there and uh, just keeps finding guys who can play. So I feel like he's almost trying to put that Swedish connection back together. But um, Maximilian Kilpinen, six foot, one hundred sixty-five foot left winger. <coughs> Excuse me, um, Sinus Mathurinen. Uh, defenseman from Canada, six foot two, two hundred pounds, good sized kid. Um, we'll see what he can do. Owen Mellenbacher, uh, also Canadian, six foot two, hundred eighty nine pounds, center. And Brennan Ali, center from the United States, six foot, hundred ninety six pounds. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see who makes it, who doesn't, and where everybody ends up in the mix. So. I'm excited. You know, there's a couple of names in there we've already talked about that I'm excited for. So we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, now that that wraps up the uh, the Red Wings draft, uh, what do we uh, what do we got going on over on the Nashville front? Uh, well, the Predators had seven picks. Uh, they actually traded the second to Toronto for fourth round pick next year. So they end up with six draft picks this year. <clears throat> they drafted four forwards and two defensemen, which is kind of a shock because the Predators have always picked defensemen. You know, they've always, they're well known for, you know, they drafted Suter and Weber and and Yossi and Ekholm and, you know, so they're, and, and, and you know, a couple, you know, a few other defensemen um, that are, Aren't with the Preds anymore, um, but they've always they've always selected a lot of defense. So I, I wonder if they're they're shifting their their needs to the forwards role. Um, they are pretty pretty depth good depth wise at forward. Well, where are they? Where are they with the uh, Forsberg? I, I, am I jumping the gun here? I think I might be jumping the gun on you. Um. Well, I just think that might have something to do with how they draft as well. Are they drafting well, to find or are they drafting just to build depth? Well, just briefly before I get into the draft picks, um, it sounds like Forsberg is real close to signing. Um, now, the that which is kind of kind of surprising um, which the predators usually don't do in contract negotiations they, this contract um, it's the eight-year deal that they offered it includes which it, this is another thing that kind of kind of intrigues me as far as I, I thought it was basically the same thing there it includes a no movement clause and a no trade clause. Now, aren't aren't they the same? Aren't they the same thing? No movement and no trade. Aren't they the same? Or I don't know what what would what would a movement be? I mean, I was seeing a a trade moving them down to the AHL. So let's say. Well, that would be like a one. How many years? Eight year. Eight years. Let's say let's say in year seven, you can't trade them, you can't move them, you have to buy them out. So he's well, himself, he's setting himself up for retirement. The no movement would actually would be would be a considered basically a one way contract. Then he got a one one way contract and two way contracts. So in other words, a, a no movement guess. would mean that a no movement 
no movement contract would be a one-way contract because a two-way contract is built so you can, you know, send them down like the younger players, send them down. They got an HL contract, and then when they go up to NHL, they got an NHL contract. That's a two-way contract. A one-way contract is obviously just the NHL, or or I suppose you could have just an HL contract if they're yeah, older. Yeah, I just looked it up. I just looked it up. So the no movement clause is. It's up to him. So he is the controller if he wants a trade. So the Predators can't trade him from out for, uh, from underneath himself to another team without his permission. So if he wants to leave, he demands a trade. The Predators work it out. Oh, no, so... A, a no-movement contract is the same thing, but with the AHL. So he cannot be sent down to any other division or affiliate of Nashville unless he gives a nod and says it's okay. So essentially when all is said and done, that means you have a player who's in his prime and you, you are looking to sign him for eight more years, which is going to put him past his prime. But when he's past his prime, you're stuck. Well, well, they want to send him down anyway. They can't. Even they want. Ter- Why they they want. They they want to send him down to the minors anyway. You don't send a player like Forrest Brown to the minors. Why? That that'd be like sending Gretzky to the minors. If he's, uh, Gordy Howe played in the minors. Well, yeah. Well, he wasn't. Yeah, but he didn't have an NHL contract. He actually signed with the AHL guy, AHL team. Does, yeah, but that doesn't matter. The man was like fifty years old when he when he did it. It was because of his yeah, age. but. So again, yeah, but he didn't sign with an AHL team. He signed with an AHL team. That's no, a different... It, right, but my thoughts are, you know, if Forsberg wants to keep playing but, hockey and he just can't hang in the NHL, then why not go to the AHL and still make some money if you I don't, can still do it competitively? Well, I, I think... Well, l- l- let me kind of back up here. The, um, the Predators don't normally... Uh, put those the no movement or no trade in in a contract, but I feel like. but Forsberg, uh, you know Forsberg, in, in, you know his agent wanted that in there, so and so Boyle put that in there, pretty much saying yes, we want you. Yeah, but I think that's playing with fire because that literally leaves you with zero options except for a cap. Well. He could stop playing in three and Sam retiring. And I'm sure there's something built into his clause that if he retires and doesn't complete a season, he only gets paid X amount of dollars. Another. You guys yeah, but literally you guys are literally in every aspect of this contract. You are owned by four, by four. Well, you don't know. Well, no, I, I wouldn't exactly say that um, because what it's not. Let's put this out there. Rick, it's not like years. it's. It's not like it's going to be a mega contract, like you know, ten, twelve million, like similar. Uh, I, I don't like. Um, I think Malcolm's contract was. I don't. Or, or Crash Crosby's maybe. Um, it, it. He he actually says he doesn't want to make any. He doesn't want to make more than Yossi as far as average AAV, which is average annual value. Uh, Yossi's is around a little over nine million. 
So that would mean Forsberg would only have to. He would only. Uh, I, I'm hearing it's around eight and a half million a year, or eight, eight, eight to eight and a half million. So even then, you know, that's that's basically like Duchesne money, and I I think he should I think he should have more than Duchesne because he's more he's more important to the Predators than Duchesne is. Although Duchesne did have a good year uh, last year. But what's the contract also? How many years is it? How much is left? Um, you have, you not, have to consider how much is left in the tank. And I know Forsberg is good now. He had a tremendous last season. You saw him start picking it up two years ago. And he's just continuously getting better. I think next year he'll have even he'll have another career year. But at some point, you're going to start heading down the mountain. Your your skills are going to decrease, and yeah, well, he's fifty. Yeah, I mean, how many fifty-year-old hockey players are there? Zero, because it, kids are getting faster and stronger coming into the draft. You know, earlier playing on teams sooner, and I just I just feel, and this is just me. I'm no, I am a nobody, and I'm not saying this for any other reason than just it's my thought. I think that an eight-year deal for that kind of money with no movements, no trades, no nothing is a trap. I just don't – I don't like it. I, I think it goes, you know, by by the player. Um, but So with – talking about Forsberg, I'm very happy with an eight-year deal. I definitely need – definitely we need to lock him up long-term. Okay. And I like the idea of having no trade clause because it shows that he wants to be there, and it also shows that the, the, the fans, that the GM and the team aren't looking to move him either, because they could have said, you know, like they normally they don't put that in the truck contract, and that's what Ford wanted. They could have said, no, we we don't do that. We haven't done that in the past. It's not going. It's not going in there. But they said they were working on this. They said, okay, we'll put that in there. So yeah, it also he's shows. A player. He's a special player. He's one of those uh, almost, uh, I don't want to say a generational player like a McDavid, but, you know, he's he's a very good hockey player, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow. But what if he doesn't? I mean, I'm just flipping the coin on you, D-Law. What if he doesn't produce? I mean, yeah. And, 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 I mean, uh, how would you uh, feel? Like, to, oh, God, he was stuck with him for another six years, and he hasn't scored a goddamn goal. And to to your point, um, he he has he has he has been injured. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. Um, I don't or don't think I think it was I think it was pretty healthy last season. Um, but I think it was two 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 or three years ago. Um, he, he was injured, uh, not, I don't think it was a lengthy injury, but I actually think it was a couple different times. So there's always that possibility where he could get injured. Um, and then, you know, it's just that, that throw, you know, and then, you know, you come maybe, maybe one of the times you get injured and you come back and you're just not have it. Like a lot of players, they'll get injured and then they, they, they just shut down. They can't do it anymore. Yeah, they so lose a pep in their step and 
Just, yeah, um, well, I guess, you know, that's why the Predators need to get some. I mean, I know the NHL is moving away from the big big guys and the big, you know, protectors, if you will. But that's what, you know, the Predators that need can, one or happen. two guys. That can happen anywhere, though. I mean, that does, you don't even have to be hit. I mean, you just twist the wrong way. You hit a little divot in the ice or, you know, just get tangled up the wrong way. You go in for a hit and yeah. the edge. Like those, I mean, injuries happen. It's it's a sport, and I mean they have long term IR, which you know you can hide some cap there and whatnot. But oh, Vegas knows all about that. Oh, they do, they do. But but yeah, I mean, I just think that's a long, that's a long contract. Um, I'm not saying it won't be worth it, and I actually hope it is. Um. But yeah, I just I, I don't know if I like that D law. I see and, both sides of it. I just I think it's a risk and you guys are trapped because yeah. you, you literally can't do anything with him but play him as a Nashville predator. Which I'm happy about. You know, I don't wanna see him but no, you know but what if, I, and, what if he declines though? What if he's not the fourth well, I mean we'll see you know, four or five years down the line we'll just have to see see where they are at the time and you know, we, we might have another another uh uh a time where like the last couple of years where they haven't done anything and not made the playoffs oh like, well actually they've made the playoffs but they might as well not have i think it's like eight years in a row now i think it was um but and in our uh news i wonder if this is kind of related and uh it also beefs up and and it might beef up like the like I was just mentioned as far as uh, like a protector. Um, the Predators acquired Ryan McDonough um, from Tampa Bay for Philip Myers, who I I actually liked. And I was kind of like at first I was kind of disappointed because I was really high on Philip Myers. I thought he he looked really good when he was there. Um, and then uh, they also traded Grant Mismash, uh, who was uh, basically a minor leaguer uh, playing here in Milwaukee. So, you know, I'm not too, you know, don't, don't be players to replace him. Um, I don't think he's going to be anything special. He could be, who knows. Um, maybe he'll maybe he'll flourish in, in Tampa Bay. But I was, I, I, I'm kind of sad to see Myers go, but I think McDonough, it, um, is a good a good acquisition. He's still on a contract for three years. Um, I forgot what his salary is. I think it's in the five or six million dollar range um, a year. Um, so it's not too high. And 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 you know, three years, which you know, he's still got a cut couple of years. So by the third year with that contract, you know, he you know maybe. You know, they might not need to resign him, or, or you know, it depends on how his what his plays like. Um, but he's he seems to want to be there. Um, he says he wants to you know help. He feels that he can you know bring lead the Predators to a cup. Uh, whether that happens, I don't know. I don't see them. I just don't see. I don't see that happening in the next couple of years. See, but you got to think think about it this way. Maybe this is all just a mental game right now. Because how many people in Nashville have been 
in a Stanley Cup championship game and hoisted the Stanley Cup. That was my answer. Nobody. <coughs> Nobody. So, I mean, you don't have I'm, – I'm not saying you don't have a winning culture, but you don't have any guys in that locker room that can go and say, guys, you don't know what it feels like to lift this piece of metal in the air, the feeling – the sounds, the excitement, no. you know, the biggest and best trophy ever. Like, they don't have a guy that can do that. Obey Kubel does. Yeah. He knows how to drop it. Right. Um, but, well, this guy, well, this this guy knows. To, he's, he's won a cup. He has he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has. How long has he been in Tampa Bay? Long enough. Oh, so he was there for a cup win? Two years? Was he on there both years? Because um, he he didn't win a cup on the Rangers because the Rangers were terrible. Um, so uh, yeah, that's won a Stanley Cup in twenty and twenty one. Okay, so he was there for both years. Okay, I so thought, was, I thought he was, but that's what I mean. You now have a guy who's not only a veteran, he's a so, physical presence. He's going to lead with his body, and he's he can tell these guys. You guys are on the cusp. I mean, you guys are eight years. No, I. You're you're there. You just you have to get a few pieces together. But I think he's a big part of that. Maybe two or three years. I don't see it happening in the next year. Um, no, but it's a mindset. It's a thought process. So the Predators have one Stanley Cup on the roster. That's okay. Well, you two. Get, you need somebody in that locker room that can talk about it. Who who knows how to like. Because if you think about it, they're losing in the playoffs every year. It's a new mindset. It's a new game. I mean, it's it's completely different. The composure's different in a playoff hockey game. I mean, we feel it as fans is probably a, 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 an eighth of what they feel it. So having a guy that can talk them off the roof and say, "Calm down, like we're we we've got this. Just play your hockey." Like that's what I think McDonough can bring to the table. And. Uh, let's see, there was another trade. Uh, I, I don't like this trade at all. Uh, the Predators acquired some, uh, I don't know who the hell he is, uh, John Leonard and a third-round pick from San Jose for, for Luke Cunning. Um, I, I'm just, I, I, I don't know why they traded Luke Cunning. Uh, John Leonard, I don't know if it's... <laughs> It's obviously for the future because he must be – he's got to be a young player. Um, and they got a third-round pick. Uh, the third-round pick is next year. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, hard to see Luke cutting by. I thought, he, I thought he was really great for the Predators. He played – he had some big goals. I just don't understand that trade at all. I mean, he is only 23 years old. So, I mean, he is young. Um you know he's he must have some kind of an upside that the predators see that they can get out of him <laughs> more than kind of i mean i don't but don't, um so what may, why don't you like the trade well first of all i don't the this john leonard i don't he's don't nothing to prove, I mean, there's nothing. It's 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 they might as well they might as well just got another pick. 
and 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 a third and a third round pick and Cunning, he's 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 got that physical pre- physical force out there. He's you know brings the energy. He so scores some goals. He scores some big goals. Um, they got John Leonard in a third round pick next year from the Sharks, and and might be a good pick because San Jose might not be that good next year. You know, and they might yeah. still, you know, they're still in the rebuild, and you know, yep. So, you know, and then you know they got the new general manager. So, so I, so, right, you know, but was there any internal conflicts that you heard of? Uh, not that I'd heard of. I thought he was really good in the locker room. As far as I didn't hear anything, you know, that would indicate otherwise. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's a contract thing. I don't think it's I don't think Cutter had a big contract. I don't remember. They uh they got him from Minnesota. So maybe you know Minnesota likes to pay overpay players, so maybe it was maybe it was a contract issue. So I, I'm not sure. Um I'd have to dig into that more. Uh but I think that's about all the on the news as far as non-draft. What do we got? Um, so goal, shifting back into the draft picks. So like I said, they had seven picks, but they traded their second to Toronto for a fourth round um, next year. The fourth round. Uh, I believe it was next year. Uh, I believe it was next year's uh, draft pick. Um let me check real quick. Um, it was Predators then traded their second choice of the fourth round. Oh, oh, it was the fourth round pick they traded. Um, number one twenty-two overall to Toronto for fourth round pick in the twenty-three draft. So, so yeah, next year. So they just they traded their fourth round pick this year for a fourth round pick next year. So it sounds like they're just stacking up for next year. Um. But their first round pick, um, they picked a goal scorer. Um, that that's what he's that's what they're claiming he is. Um, Yoakum Kamel. He played in the in one of the Finnish leagues. He had twenty three points in thirty nine games, fifteen goals and four assists. Um, so. I, you know, it sounds like they're, you know, again, getting, you know, trying to get some good forwards, you know, and, and, and like I think Poyle had said before, he, he gets, he likes to draft the best available player and not necessarily, you know, what's, what's, what, what the team needs, you know, or or what's a fit for the Predators? He likes he likes a trade. He uh, he likes to draft the best available player, like like he did with uh, the goaltender Askarov a couple years ago, um, who was supposedly the best. Uh, I wouldn't say that he was the best available player then. Uh, the the best available goaltender maybe in that draft. I I don't see him. I don't see him um, as the best available player in that draft. Uh, but then, and then uh, they had a round, they did not have a round two pick this year. Um, the round three, they picked another center. As I said earlier, they picked four forwards and two defensemen, which 
usually the other way around. Usually, they, usually they're heavy on defense and, and light on forwards. Um, this the round three pick was Adam Ingram. He had fifty five points in fifty four games, twenty six goals and twenty nine assists. And then in round three, they went with a defense. Casper uh, Kulanomi, 29 points in 40 games. He had three goals and 26 assists. So uh, something like he's like uh, kind of like a quarterback, uh, you know, setting up plays, maybe on the power play. Um, so I'll have to look at that. You know, they got, they got their – the Preds have their – uh, development camp coming um, at the end of this month, so I'll have to you know keep keep a close eye on all these draft picks because I'm sure they'll be there. Um, round four, they picked Cole O'Hara. He's a right winger. He was second on his team in goals with 25, and third in team in points and assists, uh, 73 points and 48 assists. And he commit to uh, UMass Amherst, which he'll be playing at in this coming year. Um, this fall, I would imagine, whenever they, whenever they start. <laughs> but uh, he'll be going. He'll be going there this fall. Uh, UMass Amherst. And then in round five, they pick another defenseman, Graham Sward. Uh, he had a, 10 goals and 33 assists and four, uh, 43 points in 57 games. And then in round seven, which is the, well, that's where players hardly ever make the NHL, round seven, the crap, the, motions. The, the crap round, which they got rid of the eighth round. They might as well get rid of the seventh round, too. Uh, they they got another center, Ben Strinden, uh, 56 points and uh, 25 goals and 31 assists. So there's your draft picks for the Predators. Um, Interesting to see where they where they end up. So, yeah, um, like I said, the Predators uh, development camp is going to be um, at the end of the month. It's... Uh, July, actually, it's coming up sooner than that. It's July 11th to the 15th. This is a development camp. So that's coming up yeah. next week. That's coming up uh, next week, uh, Monday, actually. Detroit is the 10th through the 14th. Yeah, that's Sunday. Um, so um, just briefly, you know, the, 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 the schedule is out. The, the, they released the angel schedule. I think they did that just before the draft. Um, but they had released a preseason schedule earlier this week. Uh, so the Predators, as normal, have Florida and Tampa Bay. And, again, um, they have – they play Florida the same day, September, at 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock. Uh, I'm not sure how they do that. I think they – I think – now that I think about it, I think they're split squads for some reason. They they seem they seem to do that. They, and they've played Florida in the preseason pretty much every year. I think it's like ten years now. Um, and they've always played Florida with split split squad teams. So um, they're staying with tradition now. Why Florida and Tampa Bay? I don't know. Usually they would play within their division. I mean. I you know just you know, and, and they've played them 
in the preseason, like I said, for 10 years. So it's just kind of interesting that they do that. And then they got a back-to-back um, against Tampa Bay, uh, the 29th and 30th of September. And then they go over to uh, I, Switzerland, October 3rd, uh, SC Bern. Is that Switzerland? I don't know. Um, but that's, that's, that's considered – Okay, Sweden. So that's that is considered a preseason game. Um, so they're going to be going. Are they going to use the European ice or the U.S. ice? Well, it's in Switzerland, so it's going to be their ice. Um, and that is going to be. I meant, I meant dimensions. I would imagine it's going to be the international ice. They're not going to switch to NHL just for that. I mean, that's, you know, their their ice rinks are specifically for international size. Uh, maybe, they, maybe they do have an HL regulation rinks there. I don't know. If it is on um, the European and the international ice, I kind of want to watch it. That is, Yo- yeah, that that is actually Yossi's home. Uh, the, the, the October 3rd one, he, that's going to be his home. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's his home rink, home arena. Where he's from, so that's you know. So they're going to be going, you know, after the September thirtieth game. They're going to immediately leave. Um, I thought they would go to the next day, but I guess they're going to immediately leave after that game. That 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 the that is they're actually home the the thirtieth. So that was so they're going to leave from Nashville from there after that game to go over for the October 3rd game, and then that will lead into the regular season. They're going to be in the Global Series. Um, I believe it's them, San Jose, Colorado, and is it Anaheim? There's four teams. Uh, the pre- The Predators will play October 7th and 8th. That's going to be in the Czech Republic, both games against San Jose. Technically, one's going to be home and one's going to be away, which, I mean, it's just for, it's a home and home. It's basically just for scorekeeping reasons. It's obviously, they're both in the same arena. They're both in the Czech Republic. That So so they're going to start the season over there on the 7th and 8th, and then they return home. For their home opener at Bridgestone Arena on October thirteenth, so they luckily they were they actually get you know a few days off to you know they come back after the eighth and then you know to get you know they don't want to rush right back for a game they can kind of they'll be home for a few days before they have their home opener, <clears throat> which will actually be a home and home series with Dallas, so that that's going to be a big uh, a big game. And then in November, you got they have their annual CMA trip. Um, at, I don't know if anybody realizes they, they've done every year every for um, years. You know, the CMA has their award show at the Bridgestone Arena in uh, early November. So obviously the Predators have to go on the road because they're not they're playing when the CMAs are there. So that's why they call it the annual. They, that's why they call it the CMA trip. Um, which is actually kind of nice, you know. It's early in the year, and it gives you know gives teams the, the teams like some bonding time, if you will. Well, I don't know. I I don't want to read into that too much because I don't know how 
how that's, you know, is that really a thing? You know, you go on the road and you get close. I don't, I don't know if that actually is a thing in the NHL. Um, but this is going to be a five-game road trip, and it's going to be Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, and then Colorado. And then then they then they return home for a five game homestand. That one is that that's gonna be their longest so it's not the longest road trip. But it, when they return home, that will be their longest homestand of five games. That one is the November twelfth to the twenty first. That's gonna be the Rangers, Minnesota, Nick Islanders. Tampa Bay, and then Arizona. And then they, they kind of split that home trip up with a quick trip up to Detroit the day before Thanksgiving. And then they finish uh, the month off with three home games. So they kind of like, they got the home standing after the road, the CMA trip, and then they got a quick trip to Detroit, and then they're back home. Uh, the Black Friday game is going to be against Colorado, so that should be the kind of kind of a, if you will, rematch of the play, playoff. But I'm not going to read into that too much because it wasn't that big of a series, even though they, you know, they go, they've already, well, they've already played them once, you know, in Colorado, and then in January they have a five game road trip. That is going to be Carolina, Washington. Those are going to be back-to-back games. And then they got Ottawa and then Toronto and Montreal. Again, back-to-back games. So they start the road trip with back-to-backs and end with the back-to-backs. And in March, they have a six-game road, which is their longest one. That's going to be starting in Florida. And they're, they're, this one's they're all over the place. They start in Florida, they go to Chicago, then they go out to Vancouver, and then Arizona, and then in L.A. to play the Kings and Anaheim, uh, which will, that, the Kings and Anaheim are back-to-back, but they're basically next door, next door to each other. So even though it's a back-to-back, it's no, no travel involved. Um, not really. And then they return home to play Detroit on March 14th. And then they, they finish up uh, the season at home against Minnesota. They have 11 back-to-backs. Five of them are road roads. Two of them are home homes. Two of them are home road. And then two are road and home. And then... Breaking it down even further, October they have five home stands or five home games, two away games, and then the two global series games against San Jose. November they have eight home games and six away games. December they have five home games, nine away games. And January they have six home and six road. February they have six home, four road. March, they have six home and ten road games, so a bad time for them in March because probably, I assume, in March, they'll be battling for a playoff spot, playoff positioning, and they're going to have to do it on the road, six home, ten road. And then in April, they have four home games and three 
four home games and three road games. So it looks like a typical schedule for the Predators, especially in March. Um, um, I'm still deciding on which games I'm going to go to. Um, uh, you know, I'll have to really look into the schedule. Uh, I'm thinking October and November, um, which, you know, probably be the best times because, you know, November, November they have eight home games. So uh, maybe maybe I'll take a trip over to Detroit, too, for, for their game. But I don't know if I want to go to a Detroit game when the Predators are playing. Why? <laughs> well, well, the fans might not like it. They're not like you, fans. you know, or you know, like Buffalo and Boston and Philadelphia. Oh, that's they're brutal. So, um, that's the Predators schedule. How's uh, the wing schedule look like? You know, they, you know, the highlight, you know, highlight some big games and. Yeah, I mean, I've I've looked at the schedule a couple of times. Um, the wings only have a few back to backs, not as many as they've had in years past. Um, but. Preseason, I'm not going to dive too much into it because I think preseason hockey is a bust anyway. Um, but they're playing Pittsburgh twice, Capitals twice, Toronto twice, Chicago once. Nothing to really write home about. Um, what were you saying there, D-Law? They usually have the most back-to-backs, it seems like. I mean, you know, like I said, the Predators have 11. They usually don't have that many. Usually they, usually they only have like eight or nine. So I, I know, I, you know, we were always talking about, oh, they got the back-to-backs. And so I used to count them up. And, and it seems like their old Predators only had like eight or nine, and the Wings used to have like 12 or 13. Yeah, getting into the regular season, you know, there's there's a couple of areas that really interest me to kind of gauge and test, um, you know, and that's when they go into Boston on October 27th. It's a Thursday night. Um, you know, Boston is, they're a great team. And I just think that you're going to see them continue to get better and better uh, as much as it pains me to say that. Um, I know they're in a rebuild. I know that they're, you know, I was just about to say they're rebuilding. Yeah, but they've still got the, uh, you know, they still have some pretty phenomenal players out there and Boston always has Detroit's number. It feels like, so I think that's going to be a good first early test to the type of team that Detroit and Steve Eisman are going to put on the ice. Um, but then they go and they've got Minnesota at home on that Saturday. So get a couple of days off back at it in or um, playing home in, against Minnesota, Minnesota, everyone anticipated myself. I shouldn't say everyone. A, a lot of people anticipated them winning the Stanley cup last year. Um, so there's Stanley well, cup. Uh, not me. No, I know you didn't, but they're they're a good they're a good team. They're they're actually a great team, so I think that's going to be a really good test as well. And I I have to say it, Buffalo scares me a little bit too. So I think Detroit needs to play well in Buffalo, and I think um, those Buffalo. Three games. Buffalo fans scare me. Yeah, but I just. I, I just uh, Buffalo's an up and coming team. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people are gonna, you know, kind of write them off as like a Uh-oh. early on just having a good run. But I really think that they're going to be a team that people have to watch out for this year. 
Um, so those Uh-oh. three games in a row, I'm hoping Detroit can go two for three at most to kind of give us a gauge. Um, but then- yeah, it, it, we'll we'll dive down, you know, in, in towards in the September as far as uh, any predictions and stuff like that. But you know, just kind of highlight some of the games. Yeah, I mean, they they play pretty much everybody, but um. You know, the other place, like you said, we'll get into predictions later on and whatnot. Um, but I think the West Coast trip, they have to, um, you know, I think that's going to be a, a good test later on because we're farther into the season. You should be in your groove. And I think going out West always kind of shows me where the the wings sit because I feel that the West has a, a very physical and fast style of hockey. Um, so if the wings can go out there and hang like they haven't in several years, then maybe this is for real, but, um, yeah, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, um, you know, they play those. So in February, uh, 7th, um, 9th. So on the 7th, they've got Edmonton, 9th, Calgary, 11th, Vancouver, 13th at Vancouver, 15th back at Edmonton. Um, and then, um, Calgary and, and Seattle. So that's going to be a real test for Detroit and we'll see how they, uh, how they can do, but that's, that's pretty much, uh, the highlight to the, the schedule. I feel like. So, uh, shifting in some NHL news, I just want to, uh, kind of backtrack with the, 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 the with the draft. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a surprise, uh, you know, Montreal's, you know they uh, they selected um, Yuri Slavkovsky from Finland um, with their number one pick, and then New Jersey takes a defense, which you know, obviously New Jersey needs defense um, along with a lot of everything else. And uh, Arizona uh, selected uh, Pittsburgh native uh, Logan Cooley, which is actually uh, saw something earlier today. Um, he was the highest Pittsburgh player to be drafted, which is kind of shocking. And there's a lot of players from Pittsburgh, like John Gibson and and Trocheck, and oh, I can't can't think of some other uh, the other ones. Um, that uh, it kind of surprised they didn't go, you know, in the top three. Um, but the, I, I think the surprise of the draft was uh, Shane Wright going fourth to the Seattle Kraken. I saw something online about what he, he's saying that he should have went number one. But then I saw I was actually on the NHL website. Um, he he didn't say that that that, that report there was that I saw on social media was. Take it out of context. It made him look bad. He actually said, yeah, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, but he never said, I should have been number one. He, he, he actually said he was happy, you know, he's, he's happy to be drafted in the NHL. You know, everybody, you know, it's, it's a dream to be, it's a dream to be, uh, to be picked in the NHL draft. But I just want to put it out there that he did not, Say that about you know what what's on social media as far as him saying he should have been number one. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. 
did he mean mug Montreal? Because it sure looked like it in the pictures. I don't know, but I also saw that uh, read that he he I don't know they made a big new big big think about it, big stink about it, but he was wearing a dark blue uh, suit and he had like dark dark blue socks with I don't know bold blue uh, lines on it or something. It's always like perfectly matched with Seattle, but you know, I'm you know, also I don't know if it's the same thing with NHL, but I know like in NFL they pretty much know who's gonna draft them ahead of time, right? Um, so you know they kind of know who they're going with. I don't know if that's the case in NHL or not. So maybe he kind of knew that he was gonna go with Seattle, but I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to. Spend too much time on no, this because no, we got so much other news. Yeah, I think um, my two cents on it. You know, I think he's got to be careful, mean mugging, because Philip Zadina is one that also said he was going to put lots of pucks in the net of Montreal, and he is yet to put the puck in the net. Period. So, got to be careful when you when you make a stink like that. So, I hope he didn't do that. So, speaking of. The Bruins, they, they hired uh, Jim Montgomery. I know it's kind of old news. It was like a week ago or whatever. Um, so that's – uh, I think that's a good pick for them. That was for, you know, a coach that was that was replacing uh, Cassidy, who got hired by uh, – was it? I don't remember now. We, we talked about it last episode. <laughs> I don't remember where Cassidy uh, – Arizona or not, or Vegas? Or no, no. The boy went to Dallas. Oh no, 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 no! Yeah, you're right. No, he went to uh, uh, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. That's right. Vegas. Um, and then you know, San Jose fired Bugner, and then they went and hired Mike Greer, which I think you know everybody's making. Bugner. Every. But everybody's making a. Go ahead. Everybody's making a big deal about Mike Greer. Um, you know, and you know. Becoming a GM and you know he's black and everything. It's like who cares? I think he's going to be a really good GM. He he was a good player, really good, and I I, I just think he's 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 going to be a good fit for for the Sharks. I think he'll he'll turn that team around. So I'll let you go into your Bugner thing. Yeah, so Bugner um, was only on the unemployment block for about a half an hour before he was picked up by the Detroit Red Wings to be an assistant coach. So, um, Oh, I didn't even hear that. Yep. Getting some um, blood out there. Um, yep. So they, they filled their vacancies. Did he play for them? Cause I know he's got ties with the predators. He actually played for the predators, predators, uh, back in like, uh, the early years. Um, I don't, I mean, not since I can remember. Actually, I wonder. I don't know. I don't remember if Bogner was actually in the expansion draft for the Predators, but I know he played like it was early on, like '99 or 2000. You know, and and I just want to just want to mention real quick. Uh, I'm sure I'll mention it again next week. Uh, this coming season is going to be the Predators' 25th year. So, what if they'll have a, a patch on their jerseys? Maybe maybe raise a banner. Yeah, maybe. Sorry, I kind of sound like a, one of those fan trolls on social media there. 
Uh, so another hiring the Jets, uh, you know, after, you know, uh, you know, Trotz's decision a couple weeks ago, uh, the Jets had to go look for another coach. They hired Rick Bonus. Don't know too much about Rick Bonus. Maybe he'll be a good fit for the Jets. I don't know. I'm, you know, being as far as, you know, I thought he did good things in Dallas. Being, oh, yeah, that's right. He did play, in, he did coach in Dallas. I know he was coached in Ottawa, right? Is that where he came at? Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, as being the Jets and the St. Division of Predators, I hope he stays at the bottom for a while because the Jets always scare me, along with Chicago and St. Louis, you know, Colorado. Um, and another slight to the Arizona Coyotes, uh, Jacob Chichurin told the team he doesn't want to go through another rebuild, so it looks like they're going to He's. Uh, I haven't heard if they released him or traded him. Uh, so it looks like he's on his way out of Arizona because obviously Arizona's in a rebuild and they're playing in front of five. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe he didn't say, well, say it's, I don't want to play in front of 5,000 fans. Yeah, I mean, why would you? If you have a choice here. You have the opportunity to get out. You get out. Yeah, get out he, he he is getting. I thought he was kind of young, but maybe he's getting up in that age. You know, mid twenties, maybe late late twenties. So, you know, he's looking looking for his end of his career, maybe. Um, Avalanche were. This is you know, I just put this on a little while ago. Um. They were, they were thick. They were trying to go out to Flurry, but Minnesota resigned Flurry to it was two, two years or three years. Two, I think it was two year deal. So Minnesota Flurry will be staying in Minnesota. I still don't see Minnesota. You know, we'll we'll go into that more in September in our in our preview shows. Um, but I just don't see Minnesota. You know, even going deep in the playoffs, which we'll talk about it more in the season, you know, more in September as the development camps grow up and free agencies here and teams, you know, free agencies will be, players will be moving around and see what, we'll see what the Wild do in the summer, so, you know, maybe I'll change my mind, but I don't think I will. Well, I know Detroit's going to be active in free agency, talking about that. I, I bet, I bet you'll see Palat in a, a winged wheel as well. Um. Yeah, I, I, I saw that Palau was gonna be free agency, a free agent. Um, you know, it's, and 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 we go back to Malkin. You know, and you know that it doesn't sound like the Penguins are in Malkin are, are close at all. So it's beginning. You know, and free agency starts on the thirteenth. So it doesn't look like it's gonna get done. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear a big. Big, big signing by Milk and, you know, maybe the 13th or 14th, not by the Penguins. Um, maybe, maybe Detroit. Who knows? Man, I, I don't want to say Philadelphia. He, you know, they're Philadelphia and Pittsburgh are really, really huge rival, hated rivals. So I, I, that would really be a, a slight uh, uh, to the Penguins and the Penguins fans if Malkin did did decide to go there, but I don't. I don't. Would would the Flyers even sign him? I don't know. They might not have enough camp room, but I'm thinking Detroit is probably the high 
would be, you know, one of the one of the main, one of the big picks, big big. Um, and and speaking of the Flyers, they well they they had offered you know they're up to their old tricks. They did it with Shea Weber. Uh, they uh, they signed to bring it to an offer sheet that was before to bring it got traded. Um, so I don't know how that's going to play in, you know, with the offer, you know, cause he's a free agency. So I don't know how that, if the offer sheet becomes uh, null, you know, because, um, the, they traded to bring it to the senators for three draft picks. Um, it was a, a first and second round, uh, this year, and then a third round choice in 2024. So they're looking a couple years ahead. Chicago is so Chicago is still heavy in a rebuild. I I, I just wondering if that offer sheet sticks because he's he technically will be a free agency, even though you know because he he got traded, but it's technically for the rights because yeah, he's because he's a free agent. Contracts work. I mean, they and so. I'm wondering if that's maybe why Chicago traded them because if they saw the offer sheet, maybe they were like, well, we're not going to sign up for that much. So I, mean, I just, I mean, Chicago, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they're just, they're dumping everybody. I mean, these guys aren't making a ton of money and they're young. So, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what Chicago is trying to do. They're, they're, they're in a rebuild. It's rivals. I don't care. They're they're in a rebuild, you know. Well, Nashville's a rival too, so I I, I don't see Detroit Chicago a rival. Maybe it goes back to you know years. Well, Detroit yeah, wasn't that division. Detroit wasn't that division, so yeah, I guess. I, I live in the spoiled days. <clears throat> Still. Yeah. Uh, who was who 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 said you were spoiled? Oh, Tom Callahan, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, which you know. That's another thing we got to deal. Uh, talk about a little bit later as far as uh, interviews, but um, t- still, you know, a few more NHL stuff. Uh, the Penguins signed Latang, uh, six-year, thirty-six million-dollar contract. I, and so he's obviously gonna be a Penguin for the rest of his career. Um, I don't know. That that's that's what six million a year. I, I, I guess that's not too bad. I mean, they could, it's not going to really spoil the cap. Um, no, they're going to make one last just, push for the cup. They're, they're in a rebuild now, though. And they even said that. Uh, the Wings are going to have an – looks like the Wings might have an opening on their um, their studio show. Um, maybe, maybe one of us can uh, – See about uh, jumping on that. <laughs> Probably you, yeah, yeah. or you. Well, you know the wings better. But uh, so yeah, the Kings hired Man in Rome, who was on the Detroit TV uh, the studio show um, this past year. Uh, she is going to be the hockey operations and prospect advisor. So she coaches a twelve U Little Caesars girls team. I'm wondering if she'll continue to do that, or you know, because obviously, you know, that's during the season, you know, and she'll be had. I don't know, you know, being the hockey operations, you know, the prospect advisor, you know, so it doesn't sound like it's, you know, it's an advisor. So maybe she can stay in the Detroit area. 
you know, maybe she, you know, she, you know, just, you know, go to LA periodically. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's yeah. there for a phone call, a shoulder to cry on, somebody to talk to. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm wondering, uh, uh, well, she coaches a girls team. So I, I, I would just wonder if the Kings are, might get some little Caesars players, obviously not the girls teams, but you know, she must obviously coaching in the little Caesars organization. She must know, you know, the, the, as far as players on the boys side. So maybe, Maybe she can kind of advise the Kings on maybe we'll see some Detroit area kids in in the, with the LA uh, franchise, LA uh, uh, um, organization. Nah, not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, well, they Little Caesars, Little Caesars is a big organization, so there's a lot of NHL teams, that, you know. But um, another, you know, it's more goalies move, more goalie movements. Uh, the Avalanche acquired George. I can never say his name right. Georgiev from the Rangers. Uh, they got three draft picks. Um, I don't know if that overpaid or not, but um, or over you know, third and a fifth round pick, and then a third round pick in uh, next year. Tony D'Angelo. I just saw now he was traded to the Flyers. He'll be a good friend. from Carolina for three draft picks, and I, I, he wasn't well liked in New York. So I wonder if he was not well liked in Carolina. They didn't like him. I know he did some stuff. Or, or, yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly. Oh, what happened in that in New York? But I'm wondering if he kind of wore out his welcome in Carolina. Um, he is going to be a restricted free agent. Um, so, you know, they, they traded for the rights to him. Carolina um, received a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick next year, and a second-round pick in 2024. So they're, they're looking to the future as far as getting picks for the future. Um, he's 26 years old. Um, so I don't know if the Flyers... Um, gonna sign up, although, um, he's Tony D'Angelo was born in New Jersey, and so it sounds like it's near around the Philadelphia area. Um, because he he said he's been a Flyers fan for forever, so maybe they will sign him. Um, and I, I, uh, I guess he's, uh, Sounds like they are close to contract. So, I mean, obviously, uh, D'Angelo was a Flyers fan growing up, and he wants to be there. So it looks like, you know, he'll, he'll probably end up signing there then. So so it might be, it might be a good fit, you know, player, you know, wants, wants to play for a team, that, you know, like I would love to play with Nashville. So, you know, if I was good enough to be in the NHL and they offer me a contract, you know, maybe it's one of those things, so. So, you know, it, growing up as a... Were you talking about Mrazek to uh, the Maple Leafs? Tony D'Angelo I was talking about. Oh, yeah, Peter Mrazek, yes. Um, yes, that was the one. Uh, Peter Mrazek, uh, that was a trade? Yep. That was a, tra- oh, that was a draft day trade, wasn't it? Um, it was traded to Blackhawks by the Maple Leafs. Yes, um... 
Yes, yes, I did he see had that. A second one. round pick in the 2022 draft. And then, um, did you see Cassian went to the Coyotes? Yes, uh, I saw that today. Uh, I don't know what they were. I don't. I I think that was a bad trade for Arizona. They're just um, Arizona's gooning it up. I, I don't think they, they're, uh, they're going to be the goon squad out there. I think um, I th- he was on Fink. Coover? Yes. Yeah, I, I think... No, Van- Edmonton, Edmonton, Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton. Okay, Edmonton. No, not Vancouver. I was like, wait a second. Van- um, yeah, oh, that he because that's because he, he played in Vancouver at one time. Yeah, it, but I think uh, Edmonton made out. Um, Arizona got Cassian. They got the 29th pick this year. They got a third-round pick in 2024. And a second round pick in 2025. So they got Cassie in three picks, and Edmonton got the 32nd pick this year. So Arizona made out as far as the draft picks. I don't think they made out in Zach Cassian. I'm thinking it was just a dump by the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know if it was, I don't know a salary. So, I don't know, I don't know what Cassian's salary is, but I think they just want to dump him because they, they, they just got one draft pick. And it was a number, there's number 32, there's a 32nd pick, which is, um, Arizona must have got it from Colorado because Colorado had 32nd pick. So Arizona got somehow got the pick from Colorado. I don't know if I don't know who they got. I don't remember they made a trade to deadline. I don't think I don't think Colorado had any Arizona players in their roster. But in any case, Edmonton got one draft pick and they gave up three draft picks in in Cassian. So yeah, I I mean I don't I mean Arizona's a train wreck anyway. I don't, you know, they might keep them. I don't know, but they might just decide to get rid of them. I don't see them staying there too long. Who knows? Um, I don't know. Just really much more. Um, just, just a bunch of, you know, the normal, you know, trade, trade, trade for trade picks during the dra- deadline. Um, not really any more. I not not any more more news on that front. Um, no. I just uh, Duncan Keith has decided to retire after seventeen seasons. Um, Congratulations, actually covered. Duncan Keith. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big yeah. fan, but you know what? That's he had seventeen seasons. He was a great D man. I know, I know, but. Yeah, I just don't like him because he's a Chicago player, and you know, well, I mean, he had seventeen years, good, good years. So at least he's, you know, he'll probably be in the front office somewhere, or maybe on on TV, you know, as an analyst somewhere, or maybe he'll just want to get out of hockey altogether. But seems like that doesn't happen a lot, you know. If I was playing that long, seventeen, twenty seasons, and retire. I would, I would want to just like get away from the game, you know. Obviously, he's probably got kids at play, but 
you know, it, it, you know, maybe not permanently because I love the game so much, but I think I'd want to like, you know, two, three years, get away from it's the like game. Mario you know, St. Louis, that's what he did. Yeah. Oh, a lot of mental aspects. Older and then he came back to, to coach. Um, but, you know, we got, unfortunately, we have a little shocking, sad news. Um, really shocking. I, I, I don't, I haven't heard any more. But the NHL world had lost a great player. You know, he's um, just no words. Um, Brian Marchman um, died unexpectedly. I didn't hear what you know what you know what happened or anything. But he was just fifty three years old. He's only he's just a few years older than me. So that's you know, it's just it's it's kind of shocking. You know, he's just way way too young. Um, he was, he played for eight, uh, he played, he was, you know, obviously he's a Sharks, so everybody knows him as Sharks, so uh, Edmonton as well, too, played for, uh, the Sharks and eight other teams, he was actually a scout for the Sharks, um, and, you know, Mike Greer, he, he had some nice things to say about him, he, I guess he played with him, um, I don't know if he was with Edmonton or San Jose, um, so yeah, he's you know being, he had just gotten hired and and then this happens, but um yeah, he, he he was such he was such a great hitter, you know his great hits. And I was trying to find some highlights to put a, a together a little little montage for 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 Brian March, Marchment, but all I could see was hits. And I, it's, you know, you can't really, if we're, if we're, if we had our TV show, I would be able to do that because, you know, you could actually see him. Um, but there was one I came across, uh, I think it was a playoffs in 1997 when he was playing with Edmonton and they were playing the Dallas Stars. It was in, it was in Dallas. And at that time, the home team wore white. <laughs> That's how long ago that was, 1997. I remember that. Um, Guy and that's another thing. I I don't know if our listeners even know who he is. I don't know. Maybe they do, you know, some of the listeners. But he was in the penalty box, and they had opened the door early for some reason to let him out. And Marchment, nobody around him. He hit the deck. Uh, he and they lost an edge or something. And he hit the the penalty box, you know, it's a, the door was open and he went down. And I mean, and Guy Carbono was standing, getting ready to step out of the box. And his penalty is about over. And he's standing over top and he's like, he looks down and he could see his hand like motion. He's like, it quickly, he, he was the first one. He's like, get somebody else, you know, he's motioning his hand to get some, you know, get some attention over there because he was knocked out. So I don't know. And he he played a physical style, a lot of fights, a lot of big hits. And he he did have a you know he scored some goals. I didn't get his stats. Something like eighty some goals, I think it was. Which he was a I think he was a defenseman. Um, but he uh, uh you know he. So I'm wondering, you know, I didn't hear, I, I don't want to speculate, you know, he's, you know, what happened. I didn't hear what happened, but I'm wondering if it has something to do 
with um, you know his you know the hat because you know that you know that was you know, I know that was years ago. Uh, he got knocked out. I don't you know I don't know if that might not have been his first time he got knocked out, but it had you know anytime we get knocked out, I'm sure it's got long term you know, effects. So, but you know I I could be totally wrong on that. Could be you know who knows you know what. I'm sure we'll hear something in the in coming weeks. Um, you know what happened, unless the family decides to keep it secret, which you know I don't. You know, it's so, so you natural know, causes, okay. unexpected natural causes. So it wasn't like foul play or any type of like drugs or anything like that. It doesn't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Or you know, um, but um, it just you know, but still, you know, fifty three is just that's way too young, especially for natural natural causes so yeah so just prayers for his family and 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 um and his son uh mason marchman who plays for the florida panthers that's gotta be really really tough on him um and he's he's a really good player too um so we'll see and he's also got a daughter um as well um not sure how old she is um but just just you know, it's it's just these sad stories we don't need. Um, and I think that's a, I think that's about it for this show. You know, obviously, you know, I said last show that you know the dust has gone till next season, obviously, and and um, as far as you know, your rat room as well, unless something comes up, uh, nothing, no, nothing too. Too egregious has happened so far. Um, maybe, maybe sometime in the summer. So, well, who knows what the news will be like next next week? Maybe we'll have a lot of news. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking it's going to die down a little bit. You know, the trade draft is over with now, but you know, free agency will be kicking up. You know, that starts the 13th. So, we'll, we'll probably have some free agency to talk about next week. Um, but. I think that's about it for this week. Um, so you know, ne- next week, uh, just want to have you add add anything uh, before I uh, wrap it up. But um, nope, I, I, I you know I think the NHL, you know, maybe some little, little bit of NHL news, obviously for next week. But I think most of it's going to be free and she talks. So. Well, who knows, you know, who, who knows what kind of, uh, you know, how, how much we're going to have, you know, who knows what kind of frequency this is going to be. Could be could be a lot of movements, could be not very many, who knows. We'll just have to wait and find out, you know, July 13th is coming up. Um, so, as always, uh, you can find us on social media, Facebook. Uh, we're at Predwings Podcast. Like and follow us on there. And then on Twitter, we're at Predwings Pod. Uh, you can like and uh, like follow us on, and uh, like us on there. We're always posting uh, posting stuff, sharing stuff. Uh, and, and, uh, and you can always email us at PredwingsPodcast at gmail.com with any of your questions, suggestions, you know, anything, you know, just say hi, whatever, you know. That's what we got the email for. And as always, you know, subscribe and download our show so you don't miss an episode. Episode 24 is in the books. We're getting another milestone. Another milestone is approaching.
sooner than than later. So talk to you next week. So thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville.